Dear friends, the Lord Jesus teaches us by his life and by the words of the gospel that our deeds are more important than a passing sentiment. Our actions speak louder than words. So this evening, as we approach the Lord Jesus at the altar, we give thanks to God for his works of grace during these last three months. As we gather virtually this evening on behalf of the Church in East Anglia, I would like to thank all those who have responded to God's call to love each other with a profound respect. Each one of you has responded generously to those in need by dutiful service and humble sacrifice. To all nurses, doctors, clinical professionals, care workers, and all those who perform essential tasks for our hospitals, care homes, hospices, and shelters to care for the victims of the pandemic. Thank you. To all voluntary workers who care for those in need, often hidden and without recompense, to those who have worked tirelessly to help alleviate the practical psychological and spiritual needs of the lonely, the isolated, and the forgotten. Thank you. To all the volunteer workers in our parishes who have helped and served the marginalised and those in most need, the clergy and chaplaincy workers, funeral directors, and those who work for those who have died, for their care and service for the dead, and all those who grieve. Thank you. Above all, at this holy sacrifice of the Mass, the supreme act of thanksgiving goes to God, who is the creator of all things, and who loves everything that he has created. And as we offer this holy sacrifice, the entire Church of God in heaven and earth presents each one of you to Almighty God, you who are children of his love. We thank him for the gift of you, and we ask him to fill you with the graces of perseverance, consolation, and courage. We ask him to strengthen within you the virtues of faith, hope, and charity. For you have responded to the call of the Apostle. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and be sad with those in sorrow. It can be very easy in time of profound collective trauma to get stuck in a rut, to become overwhelmed and disorientated by pain, confusion, and the apparent need 
to solve all the world's problems at once. We can forget too easily that God is the one who is in charge of everything. And even though we are his beloved children, we are not ourselves almighty. When we build or rebuild ourselves, our society, our institutions, entirely upon human achievement and upon human power, the building is quickly knocked down by the storms and the waves when they come. And these storms come to every single age in human history. We're no different in what we face than our ancestors. And trials will come also to future generations. But the land moves beneath our feet now because we've been building our house on sand. The house sinks, not because human achievement and power are useless, because we human beings are simply unable to carry the world, its sufferings, its past and current sins, upon our weak shoulders. Only Jesus Christ, the man who is God, can do that. In fact, we know that he has done that on the cross. Not only that, he rose from the dead so that we aren't left cold in the ground with nowhere to go. And this is true as much in our own unique life stories as it is for wider society. The only real, lasting and invincible foundation for our house is God. Not a capricious or distant superhero in the sky, but the simple, unchanging and perfect being whose love has overflowed and brought to birth our world and our human family, you and me. The Apostle reminds us that when trials do come, we should not give up, but instead stick to prayer. Prayer is not asking God to do what I want him to do, plea bargaining. Prayer is about placing ourselves in a right relationship with him, our creator, our father, our brother. Prayer to God, speaking with God, can never be a last resort. It's part of that firm foundation. Because in speaking with God, in making friends with him, we allow his grace to build up those wonderful virtues of faith, hope and love within us. Faith gives us the confidence and conviction that God means what he says when he makes promises. Because the Lord teaches with authority. Hope anchors us in the content 
of what he has promised us. That is, ultimately, eternal joy. If you have hope, this will make you cheerful, because we can never be paralysed by the fear of death. Love moves us always to see what is good at a deep level, treating everyone with equal kindness. And it bears fruit in goodness, generosity, humility, and worship of the ultimate good, God himself. These are firm foundations. The only foundations that really matter in our individual lives and for our human civilization. And they matter not only to religious people, but also to believers. For religion, humanity responding to the reality of God is not an amusement arcade, not an optional extra, an eccentric hobby of the few. In our Christian language, faith, hope and love and the exercise of these grace-filled virtues are the yeast which raises society up and stops it from sinking. The world is not over yet, though our circumstances have changed in so many ways. But it happens all the time. The human story can never be static. For many of our dear family and friends, this world has ended. We entrust all the dead to the love of God, whose heart was pierced on the cross with a lance that we might shelter in his loving warmth. Our family and friends who have died are no longer with us, but this world is not all that there is. They've now entered into eternal life with God, where we too hope to follow in his own good time. So we pray that those who mourn the dead might be comforted by God's promises and by the love of those around them. Dear friends, may the Lord God give you peace. May he heal your wounds and support you on the only worthwhile foundation, his beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.